Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome into the Corner Booth Podcast. This is the Thursday edition. We are ready to rock and roll. It's, champ- it's Championship Sunday coming up. We've got a couple of debates going on here at Belly Up. And, you know, just a lot of craziness with the transfer portal. I think we should just get right to the rundown, Mark. I think you need it right now. Yeah, the rundown. Um, we got... As you just mentioned, the transfer portal, and it is wild. Like, there is so much going on. It, 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 you would think that this is a normal thing, and it's not. This is, like, kind of the first year we're really seeing it. And we'll start off with uh, good news for you. Tate Martell, the uh, quarterback from Ohio State, QB1. I think he would start in that or whatever. Um, he's transferring to Miami. Uh, supposedly, he has to wait till 2020, but I heard that he might appeal that because the coach, and as an Urban Meyer, retired, so it's like an excuse for him to be able to transfer and play the year after. So we have that. Yeah, Jalen Hurts going to OU. We have Austin Kendall, who used to be at OU. He originally was blocked from transferring. Then Lincoln Riley let him go, waved him. He's going to dub VU. And then we have the Texas Longhorns having two people that are under Ellinger. They are Shane Bouchelle and Cameron Rising are both leaving. <sighs> you you know what's so funny? I um there was one that we kind of left out, but it was early in the year, and I didn't know who this guy was. It was Bubba Bolden? Apparently, he's a thumper kind of safety from USC. He's only non-quarterback. I've actually heard of make big waves when he transferred. Most of these transfer portals portals kind of become like a quarterback free agency thing for the NCAA. <clears throat> and don't get me wrong. I just benefited from it. I think I, I'm not so sure about Martel. Like I watched a little film on him. Kid's got a cannon, fast as all hell. So he, Manny Diaz will love him. But I think he's got a like the way I know Manny Diaz's offense is going to be run. It's going to be like it's not going to be like Mark Richt versus pro style, but it's going to be a lot of passing. So like with Martel, I just want to make sure like he's not going to you know drop back three seconds and take off run because Miami. By the way, our next topic we're going to talk about in a second. But Miami's getting back some weapons that they thought they lost, and they're going to be fully healthy next year. And honestly, I don't know. If Martel starts next year, it'd be great. But, I mean, if he doesn't play another year, like, let's see what Nikozi Perry can do if he doesn't get himself kicked off the field again for a third time. I was about to say, I was like, what do you think happens if Nikozi Perry goes in there and kills it this coming year? Like, you <laughs> Martel you calm, baby. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, the thing is with Martel, he knew the risks of Perry going there, like, it's all about like what happens. The, thing, the beautiful thing about college football is that like if Perry pulls a Malik Rozier and just plays like absolute garbage to start the year next year, let's say he has a great year, but then next year he sucks. Tate Martell walks into camp, so like, yeah, this is my position now. Y'all can walk, and then Perry loses the job. So he, we also have like we also have like two other four star recruit or three star recruits at quarterback below him, which is cracking me up. Like one thing I will give Rick is he recruited quarterbacks insanely well. So. 
like Miami for once, now that Malik Rozier is gone, thank Jesus, literally actually has a quarterback controversy that makes me excited. So uh, I love it. Um, excited about this. But like the next topic, I, I'm going to sw- switch this one in, is I found this out yesterday. Jeff Thomas, the Miami receiver who made the insane catch against LSU, he's, he's, our, he's essentially the Sean Jackson with better hands and a little bulkier. And better route runner. He, he's a great. He's he'll, he's going to be a weapon on Sundays in a couple of years. He got kicked out of the program by Mark Richt for things that have not been disclosed, and then was about to go to Illinois. But the second Richt is gone, he pulled all the Illinois stuff off his Instagram and his Twitter. Then, you know, he announced on Tuesday that he was coming back to Miami. Now they're not sure if he can play this season. It's like a 50-50 shot if he can. It's leaning more towards he can play, but. It's awesome for Miami because that just team just keeps getting loaded more and more. And literally within a week, no, within four weeks of Mark Richt getting kicked out, uh, retiring out of the program, even though he should have been kicked. That was atrocious this season. Manny Diaz essentially undid all the damage Mark Richt kind of let slide in the past two months in within a, him being the head coach for two weeks. And it makes me so excited for this program going forward. So I'm yeah, happy. That's definitely huge. And even if he doesn't play this year, like I said, and Tate doesn't play this year, you can always have them as a dynamic duo when they both come back. But I do want to talk about Jalen Hurts to Oklahoma, though, because everyone's hyping it up. It's like, oh, wow, Baker, Murray, then Hurts. Like, Hurts uh, doesn't less... fit that's like, he doesn't throw accurate. Like, it's not his game. I mean, you never know. Lincoln Riley could turn this guy into, into like, into an actually decent passer. Like, yeah, he's got the mobility and he's a good runner, but like he's not a cra- he's got a good arm. It's just a matter of his location, and you can teach accuracy. It's uh, not. I don't think so. Sort That's of, like the one thing that you're not supposed to be able to teach. No, you if you have it or you teach, don't. You can't teach instincts. You can teach accuracy. It's a matter of learning it. Like if it, it, you can, I can bet you, you bet your ass right now that Hertz now knows he's going to a pass first offense, and he also knows Lincoln Riley loves to throw the football. Down the field. So you know Hurts is going to be like, all right, I have a chance to show off that I could play, off on, play on Sundays, but I really need to get my accuracy together. So, I mean, they said that, like, a lot of quarterbacks are bad at, like, won't gain accuracy, but at the end of the day, it's a matter of drilling, it's a matter of concentration, and it's muscle memory that teaches accuracy. It's not as much something you can't teach as long as you work at it. So, like, guys like our boy Carson Wentz, when he's healthy, you saw the jump up from his rookie year to his second year. Guy was throwing darts. Same thing with Jared Goff into this year and even last year. So the thing is with accuracy can be taught, can be learned, can be taught, but it can be learned by a quarterback if they know the mechanics and they get their stuff together. Hertz has a lot of raw power in that throwing arm. It's just a matter of like kind of honing it and molding it to fit what Lincoln Riley wants at Oklahoma. I like the move because if it works, Hurts may be able to play on Sundays, and Lincoln Riley looks like a genius for resurrecting a guy who lost out to Tua. Uh, I mean, even though Tua's not a slacker by any means, but like this guy, like was struggling like hell. And Al- Nick Saban's gonna be sitting there if he does turn up. Like I could have gotten more out of this kid if I actually taught him how to throw the ball. So I, I'm I'm up for it. It's a win-win for both sides if it goes right. If it goes wrong, we knew what we were gonna get. So yeah, and then we'll talk about the last one quick. Is just. Uh... My Mountaineers, they got Austin Kendall, who was the backup to Kyler Murray. And supposedly, like, in the beginning of the year, there was, like, talk that either one of them had the chance to win the starting job. Uh, like, you had Hollywood Brown saying, I trust whoever's back there. So I'm hoping Austin Kendall can go into Morgantown and uh, 
and do some work because he's allowed to play this 2019 season. All right, on to the next topic. We got a little baseball talk. The Yankees are doing a lot of things that don't include Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. And they're well, doing a lot of it. With, of them, so it's it's fine. I know, but I'm saying they're in the news with all this free agency stuff, but it's in, in trades and whatnot, but it's not with those two, which is the most surprising part because that was where the, you expect them two to go. Either way, you have uh, the Yankees have four closers now, closers now that are closer as players. Like, yes. well, Kansas is more of a setup, man. Well, yeah, originally he was a closer. Now they moved and set up. You got him, you got Chapman, you got Britton, and now you have. Uh, Ottavino from Colorado Rockies that is, I don't know too much about, but I'm hearing a lot of good things about. That is four closers that you can throw in in that little uh, the end of the end of the game seven eight nine combo whatever. But then they're also trying to trade Sonny Gray. Do they just expect to be able to make it like six innings and not give up any runs? And then they'll just I, I throw don't a know unless they have like some secret weapon in the minors and not telling anybody about who's ready to rock and roll. That we thought wasn't, but I mean, I, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna reach out to my boy, the big Yankees guy, and I'm gonna see what he responds with. I know also, they got, I know they got Paxson from Seattle earlier in the offseason, and but he is all right. He's nothing crazy, but like I'm still confused. Like they're just loading up on the back end. All right, I'm, I'm hitting this dude up right now, but like. Essentially, he's a host of Fresh Cakes podcast. My boy Donnie Finkel. He's actually pretty tight with the Barstool Yankees writer Hubs. But um, he, uh, oh, by the way, shout out. He, oh, he's a big listener to the show. But what I was saying was, I mean, listen, the Paxton trade was huge because it got them another guy. I just Sonny Gray was a bust, so I understand why they're trying to move him. But uh, yeah, he was because he killed it in Oakland. I think that was kind of like a big city kind of thing. I don't know if you remember Esteban Loaiza from 04, but when he was like killing it for the White Sox for the three years he was there, comes to New York and gets absolutely cracked. So, I mean, like it was, it, it's kind of maybe one of those situations like the guy was not used to the New York kind of thing. So, yeah. All right. Either way, on to the next topic. Now we're going to switch it to um, a little basketball talk. And I was uh, listening yesterday, I was, uh, the jump was on and. Two great, highly respected NBA players. My boy T-Mac. Tracy McGrady and Scottie Pippen said something that I just completely disagreed with. And it was that Zion Williamson, because, I mean, uh, Trey Jones, his teammate got hurt and he's going to be out for a while. So, like, I guess the injury talks got brought up. And Scottie Pippen said that he thinks that Zion Williamson should shut it down for this year because he's already locked in for the number one pick in the draft. He said, why can't he do that? when players set out bowl games. And right. I think that whole argument is just bullshit. Well, I think this whole argument in both sports is the situation's completely bullshit. And and you've heard my opinion about saying for bowl games, I think it's fucking crap. Like the fact that your boy Will Greer didn't play, I want to smack him. I'm like, I hate this shit. There should be the the NFC, the I mean the NCAA in both sports should put out like a ruling. For for college basketball it should be this. Unless an independent physician Set, is brought in for an injury that's early in the year. If there, it becomes like they should say like you have to play at least fifty percent of the games, unless you're injured to go. Because if they do sit out, that's a problem. Then they shouldn't even go to college in the first place because it's ruining the sport of college basketball. Exactly. I mean, I would love if Zion sat out because that just means Dukes gets worse and my Tar Heels beat him. But the thing is, like, I hate this because it opens the door for guys like the dude at um. North Carolina or any or RJ Barrett or any of the other guys 
who literally are there for one year and to leave. And I also think that the NCAA should have a two-year minimum, or they should just go to the uh, go to the uh, do that the whole league, exactly. Two, well, no, let them go to the back, like let them leave from Draven High School like it was before. I don't understand why. Like either have to put in two years, or go straight into the league, or go to the G League because it's just it's it's annoying where. Like, they committed to Duke to play for one year, pretty much. And they didn't even have to do that. They could have went overseas. They could have just... They could have pulled up, yeah, Brandon Jennings and gone overseas. Yeah, they they could have just done what Luca did and played it overseas. Obviously, he's from overseas. But, like, you don't need to technically be in a college. You chose that, ride it out. I mean, and then the whole argument with the, oh, well, uh, college football players don't play in the bowl games. Yeah, because bowl games, like, don't mean anything. If they made the playoff, they'd be playing. But if you well, make the tournament, the Duke's got a chance to play. And it's, I, I also think, believe. like, I just don't like the whole concept. Like, you're there to play, you play. And the thing is with football, like, Sin, like Sidney Jones got hurt on his pro day. Um, guys have gotten hurt at the combine. It happens. All right? Like, you, it, guy, football players get hurt. Athletes get hurt. And the thing is... Zion's drafts. I Zion's not even the best player on his own team. RJ Barrett is better. And the thing is, I I said this to when our boy Juice, friend of the show, tweeted this out. I said, listen, Zion literally his jumper sucks. I mean, he's okay if he unless the guys like there's no guy in front of him for like thirty feet he can hit a jump. He can hit a three, and I guess his inside of fifteen feet he's got a decent jumper. But so do I. It's not a hard shot to hit. And the thing is like. I'm like, yeah, he's an athletic freak, but I'm like, I'd rather have R.J. Barrett. Unless you're, like, it's it's different than, like, the Wiggins-Jabari Parker debate back in the day because, like, it, it, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit because, like, Jabari Parker had the more polished game, but Wiggins had the more potential, so he went first. And Jabari Parker is, like, kind of like a marginal player now because he literally hit his potential his, his rookie year while Wiggins is kind of either will drop a 40-burger or drop zero points. You never know what you're going to get with him, but that's also due to coaching. But it's that same kind of, do you go for potential or do you go for what you see in the immediate future? And for me, R.J. Barrett's potential is just as high as Zion's, and his game is more developed now. I was going to say, I think it's – I would rather not be the number one overall pick because whoever's going to take him is going to get ridiculed if they don't take Zion. But, like, he's kind of that tweener player. He's like six seven. He's not got the handles – to be like a guard, but he's, he's also like, the size of like, like oh he's LeBron. I'm like, no, he's not LeBron. LeBron had handles and LeBron could pass with the best of them. Well and Zion can pass the ball, but it's not as like a not I understand what you mean. He's not he doesn't have like the passing ability of like a Ben Simmons or a LeBron at a, at a bigger spot. Yeah. Yes, Simmons is six ten, but you get it's the same kind of thing as like an in-betweener. The thing is, like to me, he just looks like a big body dude who just attacks the rim. He's two hundred he's the size of Gronk. And you want some guy who's like the size of Brandon Ingram squaring up on him. Well, that's the thing, though. If you're talking teaching accuracy in football, I mean, I would take this massive kid and just teach him everything. Like, I mean, I would just have him practice his handles. I'd be like, listen, like, you come play Duke football. We have a good quarter. Like, we're building a good program or something. Because, like, honestly, like, I mean, I don't know. I just, to me, The kid's going to play basketball. He's really good at basketball. Like, he has the IQs there. He's smart. He's just, he does make good passes. Mechanics. And it's it's a lot of like he's got to like hey listen if Blake Griffin can develop a three point shot so can he. Zion can shoot threes. Mm. Mm. He can shoot them well enough to like for now. 
Yeah, but once he gets to the NBA, like you're not going to hit a shots. Like, you're not going to get shots inside of. He's going to hit more three pointers than Ben Simmons. Yeah, but Ben Simmons just now. Ben Simmons was just a complete horrible shooter. I never said he was Ben Simmons. I said everyone's saying he's a guaranteed overall, overall pick. If I am the number one overall team, I am taking RJ Barrett. I agree. I'm taking him too, just because he's more of a complete player, and you know where you're getting out of him. You can fit him with other guys. Zion almost has to be the center of your offense. R.J. Barrett can play on or off the ball, so I would rather take R.J. Barrett. I would even rather take. I mean, even the guy out of North Carolina whose name escapes me. No, Nazir Little is awful. I was going to talk about. I want to write an article about him. He stinks. He's a freak of an athlete that does shit. I've watched North Carolina games. He can't. He doesn't do anything unless he doesn't have. He doesn't. If he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he has no idea what he's doing. He. He. You know what the thing is to me, and this is. I was going to say, like, I'm a. You know, I'm a North Carolina basketball fan, and to me, with with Nazir Little, he's so raw. He's one of those guys who should not come out this year. I agree. Because he's sitting next to guys like Cameron Johnson and and not and what is and Seventh Woods and all these guys from North Carolina who are seasoned. He's playing for a very good Tar Heels team that took a tough loss, I'll admit, to Louisville. But they're still going to be around there when the Elite Eight's kicking. Like, don't listen. This is the best North Carolina team we've had since we won the title with Justin Jackson and uh, Joel Berry. He's a very good team. So the thing is, he should sit a year. He should be like Harrison Barnes, get a year to develop and then take off. Because Barnes was garbage his first year in the in for Car- Carolina. Flashback 2009, 2010. I mean, I don't know, 2000. No, so he sat two. He played two years, three years in North Carolina. Barnes waited three years to develop his game because his draft stock kept getting hurt. This whole NBA ESPN pre-draft bullshit is killing is going to kill this kid because he's going to think, "Oh, I'm going to dominate in the NBA." He's going to be like, uh, "He's going to go in there and he's just not going to be able to do shit because he he can't do anything without the ball in his hands." It's crazy. And, like I watch him without the ball and he just floats around like he doesn't know what to do. Like cut to the basket, set the screen. I don't know. Like it. I think it's going to blame it on kind of on coaching with Williams. Like is, is he telling this kid what to do because he looks? Well, the foolish. thing is, Williams is Williams has so many weapons this year. This is the first time since I think like. The like the Hansborough and like Barnes teams where he has literally guys he can just run with, and this is the first one and done player North Carolina's got since Barnes. Like they don't usually get one and done guys. Yeah, that's true. Because Roy Williams just isn't really about it, but apparently Nazir Little was all about going to Carolina. But the thing is, like for Nazir Little, he needs to learn. I think he need, he's one of those guys who maybe needs to cook in the oven a little longer in college basketball before he goes to the league. And I think. There should be like more of a process to go to call one and done because this is what's going to keep happening. You're keeping out these guys who've got a lot of raw talent, but are just not ready. And the thing is, like, that's why half that, uh, the Trey Burke class, that, uh, the, the class before, um, who was it? It was that, it was the class where Michigan went to the final four. I think it was my, uh, the, um, Trey uh, Burke? Yeah, the Trey Burke year. Yeah. And then, um, Who was it? Nerlens Noel? No, um, the big white dude. What? Not Wagner. Uh, what do you? What about him? <laughs> that whole class was garbage. So, oh yeah. I mean, so like, what do you like? That's the problem. Half of these guys are ready. And I remember, do you remember? You remember when uh, the sports reporters back in East used to have on Sundays with Bob Ryan, all those dudes? Yeah. Yeah, Bob Ryan hit it right on the head. Because I remember this take because it like is ingrained in my brain because it made so much sense. The the NCAA, the NBA and the NCAA have a problem. 
And this is the same thing. Well, Colin Cowherd brought this up today, our boy. Besides his Eagles take, which I loved, this was on point. The NFL will never have an issue with this because the whole point of football from college to pro is they make boys to men. They turn them into men. They grow, they grow up in college playing college football and it's the rookie and sophomore year of the NFL. The thing is, in the in basketball, it's about getting discovered and getting paid. And that's a culture that needs to change. He was referring to this, the, Ky- the Kyrie Irving apologizing to LeBron crap, which I just don't care about. But it's not even newsworthy, in my opinion. It's just LeBron news. That's why Coward brought it up. But the thing is, to me, it's the same concept. The, the, there's a fundamental problem between the NCAA and the NBA. Everyone goes, oh, I'm going to go to the, M- the NCAA for, 20, for about 30 minutes, a quick microwave second, get my crap in, get discovered, go to the draft, get paid. But half these kids, most, like 60, 70% of them are from families who make a lot more money than mine or in prep schools and all this other crap. They're not suffering. It's not like in the NFL where some of these dudes are coming out of like Nowhereville high schools like Beaverton or Overton Heights High School, Booker T. Washington down in Miami where you could get like, like, like it's dangerous at that high school. Some of these inner city kids who are getting discovered by these college coaches. So the thing is to me, it's a different thing like now. And they brought it up around like the Zach Levine Wiggins draft because like you saw these guys who were coming from big families and it's not as much about like a, they got to get their money now. It's not that anymore. It's just about making bigger money. And I think the NCAA and the NBA need to talk about this. You either got to do G League overseas or play two years in the NCAA. There should be no one there. These Yeah, Zion, if he played in the NBA this year, he maybe have like six points a game, maybe 10 on a good night. And that'd be it because... Yeah, he's he's 280 pounds, but I would still put like some big man like PJ Tucker against him who could body him up. Cause see, PJ Tucker's like 270. He would be like, all right, young buck, let's roll. Like it's not a big, like there's a fundamental issue, and that's why this is a problem. I don't even want to hear what T Mac and Pippen said because Pippen's already lost his damn mind, and T Mac. He just needs to start releasing his retros because I need my pair of T Mac threes. But come on, like I just this whole issue, this this whole thing gets my blood heated a little because it's yeah. a problem. You were correct about the I, I was I was confused what you're talking about. Yeah, that was the Nerlens Noel draft with, uh, which is that draft sucked up top other than Old Depot, but there was some solid like like random like CJ McCollum, Stephen Adams, uh, what's it called? Giannis was in that. Um, Dennis Schroeder. Though it's so funny, but th- those guys weren't even talked about. It's about the guys who are at the top who were like these can't miss prospects. But they yeah, were Anthony like, Bennett. Anthony Bennett, baby. Anthony Bennett, who played for my Timberwolves for all of like a half a minute, and then we cut him because he was garbage. But we got oh, him as part of the what terrible, a terrible. Like, and the best part is this website I'm reading right now. The grade they gave them was a B minus. <laughs> awful. Terrible, but. To keep the blood flowing, uh, Belly Up had a nice little poll today about the whole Kyler Murray deciding the NFL. And me and a uh, little Zach Mack got a kind of in a little argument today. All out of fun, all in good games, uh, all in good fun. It was basically if Kyler Murray deciding to go to the NFL was a good decision or not, and if the NFL or MLB actually need him. I said that the MLB needs him more because the NFL will – find a new Kyler Murray. They don't, it doesn't matter what Kyler Murray does. The NFL will be fine. The ratings will be fine. The draft will be fine. Baseball could use a star or use a story. They could use whatever they can because nobody cares about baseball anymore. So they could use whatever attention they can get. 
I, I, okay. One, I have an update on the Yankees issue from my boy uh, Donnie Baseball. We'll talk to him in a sec. We'll, I'll bring that up in a second. But also, I agree with you what you're saying. My whole point about this topic is that Major League Baseball has a problem. Period. And it's the the NFL will be fine. All right, listen. The new face here's the face of the NFL right now. Still Tom Brady, our boy Carson, Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Todd Gurley. I can keep going on the list. That's just offensive guys. You want to go defense? You got Jalen Ramsey. You got JJ Watt, um, Luke Keekley. These are like face of the league kind of guys, and. The NFL, so, and those are guys I can think off the top of my head when I'm just thinking about this right now. And the problem is, the NFL is a brand itself. It's not like Major League Baseball. It's like, oh, you play baseball. No, the NFL is the NFL. You don't call it football. You call it the NFL. It's the National Football League. It's the logo and the shield. It's all about the shield. That's what they've done right. The NFL, as much as we criticize them for what they do about this, and they bring in constant superstars every year, it's all about the league. It's all about the shield, and that is why they're so successful. They don't need a Kyler Murray who could honestly be a bust because he's five foot eight, and I don't trust it completely. I love his mobility, but I don't know. But the thing is, the and the NFL is like, oh great, that means that means uh, Josh Rosen is going to get dealt. That helps another team. That's about all it means. It could be a complete bust in Arizona, who's probably going to take him number one overall. They don't take Haskins or they take some defensive guy. The thing is to me that the, the problem the MLB has, and Zach Mack, I hope you're listening, he brought up Otani, and that was great. I loved seeing a pitcher hit dangers. It was great. I love it. But here's the issue. Yeah, he got hurt. And then I didn't even hear about the guy until the end of the season. And, like, some te- some guys are – like, you ask casual football fans, ever, casual football fans, everyone's heard of the, the, the teams out west. The, the Chargers, everyone's heard of the Seahawks, the Broncos. Everyone's heard of the teams out west. Everyone's heard of every single team in the NFL. I, I one time was talking to this chick. We were out at a bar. And she said, oh, I'm a Yankees fan. I'm like, oh, great. I'm a Diamondbacks fan. She goes, where do they play? I'm like, Arizona. And she's like, that's a professional team? I'm like, yeah. And that that just completely sold it for me right there. The MLB is so localized that Kyler Murray playing his ball out in Oakland when he's not even probably going to play for another two years – doesn't help the MLB at all because he's not like a Bryce Harper. It's not like this guy who's hitting 500-foot bombs as a 16-year-old. He's just a good baseball player. So to me, the whole argument's null and void because it literally, he's not even going to play for two years. The MLB needs him more because it's this hype, oh, we stole this guy away from the NFL. But the whole word need, you're right, doesn't even make sense because at the end of the day, neither league really needs him. The the, The MLB needs something different. The MLB needs, like... Poster stars. They need their poster boys like Machado not being a total shithead when he's in L.A. They need Bryce Harper signing with a big team like the Philadelphia Phillies. They need the L.A. Dodgers to like not be – and the Yankees not to be buying every single team and buying every single player their heart desires. There's certain things the MLB needs. They need like poster boy guys. Like they need like – like back in the days like Pete Rose and Hank Aaron and all this other crap. They need that. More than they need some 5'8 center fielder who's going to play for Oakland in two years, a team that I don't even give a crap about until October. So it's it's stupid to me. This whole argument's stupid. Zach Mack, you're completely wrong. <laughs> well, the, the argument is stupid because like this, we always said the word need just kind of like no, neither one of them actually need it. It was just I think it would help baseball more just because somebody – everyone knows that football 
is the dominant sport that everyone watches. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure NBA is up there when it comes to certain things. But the problem is, is like, and when the argument saying like the the MLB even proved that they wanted him to not go to the NFL, and Zach Max said, "Oh, well, then why they let him go back and play college? Because they didn't think he was going to have the year he had, and he was going to get all these things like, oh, you just play in the NFL. He went back, killed it, obviously." The MLB waived the rookie contract clause saying that he could – and they tried to get him to make double. Billy Bean even tried to get him. Like, baseball knew that this was important to them, and they lost him to the NFL. And, I mean, he still might come back, but, like, I, the he whole argument come back got in blown. Like six years, seven years. The whole argument got way blown out of proportion, but, hey, you know, always, you, know, you got to let off some scenes I took the argument and drove it off the side of the road down a ravine, and he's trying to crawl his way back up now. But the thing is, like, you're completely right. It's the, the MLB like like was gonna waive that whole rookie contract crap just to keep him in because they they like oh crap he had a great year we're not gonna keep him now shit because they need all the help they can get right now I guess baseball is on a comeback and it's great but they're still not even within sniffing distance the NFL exactly I mean like I I mean I I just think they need guys like like Javi Baez to be the face of the league. And like guys like that who are just fun and just do things the right way, and are just like all about make making baseball fun. Like I loved back when Carlos Gomez was like a superstar. That made me so happy because that dude was just energy. Same thing with Yasiel Puig. I hope he tears it up in Cincinnati because now I can root for him. Now that he's not in the Dodger blue, and like like guys who have fun with the game. Bryce Harper, same thing. Those guys are fun. Guys who hustle. Like, that's why I'm like, I'm kind of ticked that Manny, like, I'm kind of like, yeah, I really don't want Manny on my team anyway now because he just doesn't hustle. It's not fun to watch. Like, he's kind of like the Robbie Cano type a little bit. And it's, I don't know, baseball's got a whole lot of problems. Kyler Murray just is adding on to it. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I could go on all day about this. Yeah. If you go on the our Twitter, me and Zach Mack went a little back and forth. Like I said, it's all a good fun. Like, it's always good to have a little sports debate, but. I just feel like I'm right, and I feel like he's wrong. <laughs> he's wrong. He is wrong. He should stick to hockey. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, yeah, so that wraps up the uh, rundown. All right, and uh, update quick from um, on the whole Yankees pitching thing. My boy Donnie Baseball of the Fresh Kicks podcast hit us up. He was saying his hope right now, because he, he's like intent about it, he goes that they've got some guys in AAA because he has no idea what the hell's going on either. Because like, C- if CC gets hurt and they deal gray, the hell are they going to do? Well, I know they have like they'll have Tanaka and Paxton, but that's all I know, honestly, off the top of my head. And I think they have one more starter, but like they have one more like decent starter. But the thing is, like, yeah, he's right. He like they better have some guys in AAA or AA wet, ready to rock and roll, or they're in trouble. Like they got a problem because yeah, Sonny Gray is a bust, but he's still an arm. It's not like you're like one of those like I don't know how deep their farm system is. Like it's deep on hitters, but pitching, I don't know. So I mean, the Yankees are making no sense to me right now. So, alrighty. We're going to change up pace now. It's uh, time to talk divisional round. We've got about 15 minutes left on the clock. Um, I mean, uh, conference championships, sorry. Um, first game is the NFC championship game between uh, that crap hole team from a great city down in the bayou versus – oh, asshole, sorry um, – <laughs> versus the L.A. Rams. Um, I am – I would love to see the Rams just bolt, get a little revenge game here. I think they have a shot at it because they do a lot of things great that the Eagles do great. And if the Eagles literally, it was, 
if we're going to talk about if they they were the Eagles are hanging on for dear life in that game, if Taysom Hill doesn't get that first down, that game's over. Yeah, but like regardless, we're out. It's whatever. Yeah, it's exactly. We're out. Well, I'm right. saying like, listen, the Saints needed a fake punt to keep themselves in a, a, a in the in the fight with a team that was on four. Colin Coward made the best pick right, best point right now. He goes, New Orleans needed all that just to get their shit together. And everyone who's saying New Orleans is the favorite in this game, uh, I don't know. Because if that Rams team that showed up against Dallas walks into New Orleans, Rams are walking out with a 10-point victory. That's my pick. I seriously think if the Rams come out fired up, if Gurley's 100% with C.J. Anderson backing him up, and Goff, Goff, who doesn't have to go up against a – like, first of all, besides Cam Jordan, that New Orleans pass rush is trash. So it's not like Demarcus Lawrence is chasing after you. You actually, and Randy Gregory, you act like in the Dallas game, Goff would be able to sit back and throw darts. Like, it's not like, he's more accurate than Foles is. He may not be as much of a baller as Foles is, but for what they need to beat New Orleans, the Rams have got it. And Mike Thomas versus Aqib Tlaib, oh, give me Aqib Tlaib all day, or even on Marcus Mm. Peters. I can't wait for Marcus Peters. They're going to get so chippy in this game. It's going to be phenomenal. I love like it. Like, he, that video, I could watch it all day with Marcus Peters. Like, he's a, he talking on that silent. Mark Cooper he's like, well, like a quiet dude. Yeah. So that's why, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I, I might, like, tweet oh, out Marcus yeah, Peters. Yeah. Do everything you can to get Kamara and Thomas pissed off. I want to see them get ejected. It's going to be so funny because, like, he's like, oh, we, we'll be back. I'll be eating that gumbo. Like, it's, he is, he's amazing. I love it. He's great. He's just Marcus so funny. Peters. Is one of those is one of those guys who's great for football because yeah he's kind of he's got a little you can tell he's an Oakland he you, he doesn't hide his Oakland hood boy roots he so you can tell him and Marshawn Lynch are boys they're cousins dude <laughs> I know they grew up together yeah so like Marcus Peters is perfect for L A because he's gonna go up against Thomas or might even go up against Kamara if he lines up wide and I am half expecting. I want to see Talib rip out, like, Kamara nose ring. He ripped off Crabtree's train. Why not? So, like, that would be so gross. But awesome. I know it would be gross. But, like, it's the same kind of thing. Like, like the Eagles are a trash-talking team, but we were just – we're the champs. We were just happy to be there with literally, like, half of our team on IR, and we still took them a distance. Yeah. The thing is, like, God, it's like – oh, like, the, you think we're bad? The Rams do everything we do better – but the only thing we had over them is we have depth. If the Rams can keep the Saints offense off the field or at least make them make dumb mistakes and get inside their heads, that game's over. Take the crowd out of it, that game's over. So I, I got the Rams winning, and I've noticed I'm 50-50 on this. I'm 50-50 on, like, games this season. So I got half of them right the divisional, the wild card round, half right the divisional rounds. I hope I'm 100% tomorrow on Sunday. I am really hoping I'm 100%. But is that like, what you, you usually you don't usually shoot for fifty percent, right? You usually go for a hundred. I am shooting for <laughs> shut up. I am shooting for a hundred. But the thing is, like, I have just this the playoff for some reason. I am only shooting fifty percent this year. I've counted it. Because you started falling apart towards the end of the year. Shut up. Um, because my Eagles started winning again. Uh, <laughs> Either way, I agree. Up? I, I yep. think I think the Saints. I'm I'm gonna. Uh, I kind of want to just pick the pick the opposite of you, just because it's fun, and pick I the want Saints, do I want, it. I, want I want I might pick Saints and Patriots. So if they lose, then the curse is alive and well. But if they win, then I'm an Are asshole. You acknowledging but, the curse, you have seriously just fucked us. I acknowledge the curse ever since the Panthers and the Steelers. 
So the curse has been brought out. It's, it's, it's here. It's in the open. Wherever it is, follow the Saints and follow the Patriots. Because I think the Saints – I think it's going to be another good game. I think Los Angeles does end up pulling it out. Um, but the next game, though, the Patriots in Kansas City. In Kansas City, so if, if you haven't heard, because there's not like a million people saying it, it's supposed to be cold. It's going to be like 10 degrees, cool, whatever. It doesn't. I don't think it's going to affect the game, really. It was freezing in Kansas City last game. Um, it's just a matter of Vandy Reed can finally get over that hump against uh, Belichick and if Mahomes can outduel Brady. And don't hate me for this, but I'm about to quote Mel Brooks right now. Hump? What hump? No, I'm just saying. Um, the thing is with the whole of this game, this game is really interesting to me because either two things are going to happen. Either you're going to – your usual Belichick and Brady in the NFC champ, AFC Championship game and, oh, God, here we go again. Or you get what I've been hoping for since 2004. The Patriots dynasty starts to crumble. We saw it last year when our boys took a nice chip out of that pillar. Mahomes walks in. If that here's the thing, everyone's like, "Oh, the Chargers couldn't murder. They couldn't get after the Chargers. Forgot they were playing. All right, like they 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 will. They must have all woken up like at literally like at like noon because that they play like they were half asleep. One here here's one other thing of the Chargers have the Chiefs have the Chargers don't. The Chiefs have an interior pass rush. Chris Jones, that dude can get after the quarterback. Him and I think it's him and D Ford have the most. I think it's tackles for a loss, or t- I think tackles total between a one-two punch. I think in the league or something like that. It's insane. Whatever they uh, they broke it down. K Adams had it said it today on Good Morning Football. I'll have to get clarification on that one. But the Chiefs do not have a bad, and that's not even counting Justin Houston. How did yeah. the Eagles beat the Patriots? They outscored them and they got after Brady when it counted. Um, what can the Chiefs do? They can get after the pat. The, they have a good pass rush that gets after you quick. Oh, and they can score a shit ton of points. Oh, they didn't drop two fifty bombers this year. I got. I'm hoping to God. I love Mahomes. I love his style. I love how he's just having fun. I would love to see next year a Mahomes went Super Bowl. I swear to God, that'd be the funnest thing to watch on the planet. The two quarterbacks who literally just improv better than anybody. So, I love Mahomes. I love the Chiefs here. I love their defense woke up. I'm going to see if Eric Berry's playing this week. I keep saying that. We're going to look it up right now. <laughs> I swear. It's going to be, the Super Bowl's going to be over. Hey, Eric Berry might be playing <laughs> week one of the 2019 season. All right, we're, we're checking this right now. We're getting clarification. Full practice today. Oh, shit. He, you know, everyone like I, I you're like, you always make fun of for how much I how I, I roll on Eric Berry is like he's the dude, he is the best safety in football. I don't disagree. I just think every week you have your hopes up so much that he's gonna play and you hear this little sliver that he's gonna play and you ride with it and then he hasn't played. Well, I mean, they keep winning, so I mean, I, I, I'm okay, but like, maybe he's I, not I, that good then. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, god, I'm gonna hit you. Um, no, it's like to me, I just think it gives more than mention that defense. Yeah, I, I I agree. So I have Chiefs. I hope to Christ they win, because God, if the Patriots fans, I have to deal with one more year of Patriots fans in the Super Bowl, and if it's a Saints Patriots Super Bowl, I'm just gonna hope the whole event gets shut down. See, my theory is if the Patriots make the Super Bowl again and lose again, it's like the LeBron effect. 
if they keep losing all these Super Bowls, it's like, oh, you made it, but you can't win them anymore. So I think, I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't want them to make the Super Bowl, but I'm just saying, if they're gonna make the Super Bowl and lose again, I wouldn't be too mad. God, I hope it's the Rams they lose to then. If I have to see Alvin Kamara's stupid ass face, literally <laughs> holding that freaking trophy. And I saw an article today from the one of the Eagles beat writers about how we should go after Mark Ingram. Half the Eagles defense would jump him in the locker room. Like it's not like it's not like the NBA where everyone's friends, dude. The NFL people hate each other in the NFL. Like it's not like all like yeah, they're all brothers when it comes to the collective bargaining agreement. But like, you really think that like um, what's his face that like Fletcher Cox and um, Michael Bennett wouldn't like body slam Mark Ingram the second he walks into their locker room? Like you have another thing coming. Those guys hate those dudes. Malcolm Jenkins, he, there's a reason he flicked off the New Orleans sidelines. He hates that team. And he's the captain of our defense, and he's coming back. But he's an asshole. And <laughs> yeah, because like, if he does actually come here, you're gonna be like, oh shit. <laughs> no, like it's not gonna be like Demarco Murray, where I thought he was a tool and he played here. I was all hype. Like I still think like Mark Ingram is trash. He only is good because Alvin Kamara is there. And don't believe me? Look at the stats. And Alvin Kamara is very talented. I just think he's a, he's a, he's a jackass. But you know, whatever. I you know what? I just I don't like that their attitudes off the field. That's it. That's that's literally. I respect their game on the field. I just think like I love how Kamara and Ingram were talking so much shit when they ran for forty eight yards total. Mike Thomas had all the right in the world to talk shit. So did Marcus Lattimore. But that's it. Lattimore, Breeze, and Thomas in that crap, that crappy excuse for a Tim Tebow, Taysom Hill are the only reason that the Saints won. And I will stand by that. And all the injuries we had various during the game. That was about it. So you know whatever. That's it. I'm I'm out. I I hope hopefully it's a a rematch of that game in November because as much as I hate scoring, I would love to see a Chiefs uh, Rams rematch. Yeah, I think it would be good. I think I really think either like at the end of the day, I mean, as much as we don't want the Saints and Patriots in the Super Bowl, all four of these teams are meant to be where they're at, and if they make the Super Bowl, I think it's going to be a good one regardless. Yeah, I just really hope that whole as uh, as, as piss poor and. Uh, sappy as that is oh everyone wins like it's gonna be good overall no i'll be drinking so much whiskey that day's gonna make my head spin yeah but the super bowl's not as fun unless you're rooting against somebody if it's, if it's the I, chiefs and rams what are you gonna do well i'm gonna root for teams that's true that is I would root for the patriots over the saints right now i'm serious like my buddy after oh, is where you're higher i have a hierarchy of hatred in, in in the nfl it's always been like the same five teams a team got bumped out and you know who got dropped in? The Saints. They were at like eight on my hierarchy of hatred, and now they're at two. The only team I despise more than them is the Dallas Cowgirls. That's it. They're above the Giants, Patriots, and Redskins. Well, you really can't hate the Redskins. You just have to have to feel bad for them. Yeah, I mean, like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I just, like I said, I agree. If it's the Patriots and Saints, we're screwed. But, it, like, I don't, I don't, for some reason, I don't want the Rams to win. I do. But I, I want the Chiefs is basically what it is. We, we literally said we beat the Super Bowl champs. Yeah, but I also, that I don't think, now that we are Super Bowl champs at one point, I don't care about that stupid argument that we beat the Super Bowl champs. Oh, no. I'd rather I have, care I'd rather about have Andy Reid just win like four in a row straight or whatever. I don't give a shit. Like, I just, you know, I'll, like Rams fans are like, I like I have never met a bat like a nasty Rams fan. I've met a couple of LA Rams fans. They're not bad people. They're actually, like, pretty chill. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm Rams fan. It's like a Bengals fan. Like, they're like, yeah, we're here. They're not cocky. They're just like, yeah, we're, we're good. Like, I'm like, that's cool. You guys got the best running back in football. 
it's not like a Cowboys friend where like five minutes into the conversation sometimes you just want to like tell them to shut the hell up because it's like we have, we won five Super Bowls I'm like yeah but you weren't even alive for their last one so shut up mm-hmm. I mean and then you got Jets fans who are just the life of the party so yeah exactly so yeah anyway, no, like I said it should be a great conference conference championship weekend I'm excited yeah I am too gotta appreciate two games gotta appreciate well, it it's the last one we're having until September oh yeah I mean and then I mean we'll, we'll, we'll still don't worry ladies and gents we'll still do a like podcast twice a, twice a week all the way through we'll do our monthly draft we'll do a me and him me and Mark over here we'll do a monthly draft uh like a, a mock draft we'll do I think each week I think we might, we're probably gonna start doing a column where me and him each write about a topic and we'll put it up together or something like that we'll do something around that to kind of keep y'all refreshed i haven't run, i haven't wrote a column since november so i better start doing that um i have one coming out this week but that's about it for us today no last call it's you know uh, like everything's been said it needs to be said so uh that's about it for me mark got anything else uh yeah just if you're listening to this i just had an article that came out uh it's called scotty piven and tracy mcgrady are wrong it's about the topic we talked about the one and done and zion today so give it a read and let me know what you think Selfless plug. I love it. All right. Selfless plug. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm Jared. That's Mark. This is the Corner Booth. We'll catch y'all on Monday. This episode of the Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your hosts on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.